0: Well, hey, I am glad to be here this morning and uh, I hope that uh, I do pass a little infection this morning uh, for the camp, but uh, I appreciate Bill and um, one of the the many things in the few years that we did get to spend together was he's an encourager. I'm sure you guys in this room have been encouraged by him in so many ways and so it's always an honor uh, to speak where you speak on a Sunday morning, so thanks for giving me the opportunity. Um, so this morning we got a couple of slides here. What I want to do is give you an opportunity uh, to hear a little of what's been going on at Oil Belt and then also share a message um, that I just feel God's laid on my heart to share with you this morning. So we'll start first with a camp update. So let's kind of walk through these slides together. Uh, the, the slide after this talks um, about camp last, last year because that kind of will set up where we're going this year. Um, So at Oil Belt last year, our theme was called Love God's Word. And even about this time last year was when we found out we'll be able to host regular camp, right? Like, do you remember that? Um, And so as we were coming into last year, our deans thought we would still be running low capacity, half capacity camps and keeping kids six feet apart and that sort of thing. So when May broke and we found out, hey, we can open up um, and, 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 you know, kind of keep kids together and not have to keep separate and stuff, uh, it lit like a wildfire. And people started registering and were like, OK, good, we can we want to go back to camp. And so um, we hosted 24 camps for kindergarten through college age and there was over eighteen hundred students. 2019, there was about 2,100 students. Uh, So that shows you we were down from pre-COVID numbers, but to be back normal, uh, we felt really good about that. So as we were coming into this year, uh, we said, hey, you know, we can get back to normal and get back to full run. Uh, The other number there, I almost skipped over it, but it's the reason why we do camp is there were 80 baptisms. Kids were hungry to learn about God, and so praise God for that. So that takes us into the next slide, which says what's coming this year. Oh, sorry. Um, yeah, I'll go ahead and hit on this real quick. Yeah, go back to that one because there's one number I want to point out in this. I won't bore you with a bunch of numbers this morning, okay? If you're a numbers person, come talk to me about this slide in just a second. But one of the neat things that happened, um, and, and that's hard to read, so I'll read it to you. Of those 1,892 campers, It represented over a 1,000 households, 1,095 households. And I'll tell you the story of why that matters in just a moment. Um, But keep that in your mind. Over a 1,000 households sent a student to camp at at Oil Belt last summer. Um, And then the other number there is there's 304 churches who sent a student to camp last year. At Oil Belt, we have 108 supporting churches. That's Christian churches like you guys. Um, but there was over 300, and, there was 304 who sent a student. So we're reaching a, a diverse network of kids. Um, but then the bottom number says 96 kids on their form said they had no church affiliation. And I'm proud of that number because that means kids and parents are, feel safe of coming to our environment. And we get the opportunity to share Jesus possibly for one of the first times in that student's life. Uh, And and that's one of our goals of camp. And so, um, you know, parents, when you fill out that camper form and you're going, why do I have to check all these boxes? It's so we can see cool targets like this and, and know, hey, we're reaching a great number. So thanks for taking the extra moments to fill that camp form out. Okay, the next slide there, that's talking about what we're doing this year. So our theme this year is called Jesus is, and then there's a blank. And uh, I kind of noticed on your wall today, I was like, hey, you guys came to talk camp. Perfect. Uh, But that's really neat. Um, But we're doing 25 camps this year for kindergarten through college age. And uh, I'll tell you more about those camps if you want to hear some of the specifics, but there's day camps for uh, kids in kindergarten and first and second grade. And then it goes to those first chance overnighters, right, for the second and third and fourth grade. And they start building up up to the week-long ones for junior high and high school students with um, Genesis Camp, which, you know, we have this okay guy who comes and speaks at Genesis Camp named Ryan Cox. Uh, they, well, I'm looking forward to that. It's going to be fun, so fun. Um, and then uh, worship camp. It's kind of an adaptation of our music camp, of what Bill led for so many years uh, and was a major part of and, uh, in that. And then um, we have athletes camp for students who love athletics. That's always our largest attended camp. Usually over 200 students in junior high come to the athletes camp. Um, and then I like to tell people if you have a student who's an eighth grader going to be a freshman, encourage them to go to Niners Camp it's the only camp we do that is only one age group and the reason we do that is entering high school is kind of scary if you've ever had a student entering that because there's a lot of responsibility they start to take on and we want to talk about that and how to make high school um, not great for their life only but great for their faith with Christ Uh, with the challenges they're going to face in high school, and so uh, it's a great camp. So there's just so many opportunities for students to go to camp this summer. And um, out in the lobby, uh, there's a sheet like this, and it has the list of all of our camps uh, and, and what kids can go to. And it's the grade a student is entering in the fall. So make sure when you look at the ages, it's the grade they're entering in the fall. All right, the next slide. Um, talks about some of the events and things we host at camp, which we just wrapped up what we call the retreat season, okay, because that's the off season. That's the fall and winter and spring events. So some of you may have attended our men's night or ladies' day or family camp and senior adult day and some of those. So those will be coming back in the fall, so start looking for those dates and events. We've been talking to a bunch of speakers and musicians and things to plan for the next season so you'll be seeing all that coming out real soon i'm excited about our retreats but it's just a good opportunity uh through the winter to still stay engaged with camp Uh, and then the next slide um talks actually for next week on sunday if you've not been to oil belt or as i talk you you say man i I just want to come down when can i come down well actually next week you can come down to camp In Sunday afternoon, we're going to host an open house. We've done this the last few years with COVID. And the reason was, um, if you look at our numbers, we usually graduate two to 300 students a year out of the camp program, right? Whether kids move away or they're seniors and graduate out. So we're always trying to get new students in. And when we didn't have camp in 2020 and half capacity in 21, we were like, we need to get more people on campus to see it so they can send their students and so we've opened up this open house we'll have food uh food trucks will be there there'll be live music the inflatable will be set up in the gym and lots of games and just stuff for kids to do uh parents to come see the campus to go where do you want my kid to come for a week and who are these people they're going to be around um so if you have anybody who's not been there or if you have just not been there in a while come on down to the open house three to six it's an open door come and go as you please but it's just a fun afternoon to kind of get people on campus and to see it. Um, and then the next slide um, talks about ways to serve. We can't do camp without volunteers. There's no possible way. There's usually four to 500 faculty on top of all the people who come and serve in the kitchen or do odd projects or serve uh, in skilled labor you know, projects. And so there's a lot of ways We always are looking for help at camp. And so if you're looking for a day project, a group project, um, if you want to serve as faculty, go to our website, oilbelt.com, and there's a serve tab. And we actually have a list of some of the projects we're doing here in the last three to four weeks to get camp opened up and ready for kids to come tear it up, right? Uh, And then we'll start fixing it again in the fall. So we love you guys coming up to serve. I think I got a couple more slides maybe um, here to wrap up. So the Debt Free in 2023 campaign, some of you guys have heard about this, and I know as a church you've supported this, uh, so thank you for that. But What this is, is many years ago, as Bill can tell, we started this building campaign of this activity building and a pool and three cabins on campus, and that turned out to be a $3.6 million project. And there were a couple times, just since I started on the camp at the end of 2016, that we said hey, we want to push and finish off this debt. We want to be a debt-free camp. We want to operate that way. And what happened was we kept just getting the door closed. It wasn't the right time. Uh, i actually just pulled out our 2020 January newsletter the other day. And in it, it says, we have big news coming soon. And that was going to be our debt payoff. We were going to push to have a two-year campaign to do debt payoff. Well, that was shut after about two months right so we never got to launch that but a few months ago right before family camp our board had been praying we said now's the time let's just say at family camp you know would anybody be willing to help partner with this project and get the debt paid off it was at three hundred and twenty one thousand dollars so a little less than ten percent what it had been right so we were like let's let's just push and see if we could do this And their response was overwhelming. So we were like, well, let's just start inviting everyone to this and and putting it out there that we want to be debt free by the end of 2023. So as I stand here today for you numbers, people, you can do this in your head. uh, But we are at seventy five thousand dollars left on that debt payoff from three twenty one in September. That's incredible. Over two hundred thousand dollars. So thank you. Give yourselves a hand like that is a praise God moment. And and. We've, I mean, honestly, our doors have been blown off. Like I just cannot believe how people have given so quickly and the response has been uh, just to knock that down. So thank you for partnering in that. I can tell you more. You can go to our website and you can always give to that by just putting building or debt-free in a memo on a check. But it's been incredible. So thank you for being a part of that because, you know, just that weight, getting those things off and getting through COVID, Um, you know, those types of things when it was on a monkey on your back, it's glad to be off. So I think there's one or two more slides we'll wrap up with. Another way to partner, and many of you actually in here are part of this, it's the Team 360. And this is uh, the way we keep camp prices low for students. We are one of the lowest price camps of our size uh, in the area. And and the reason for that is because individuals who give uh, monthly or regularly, to offset the camp prices. Um, I was a youth minister, as Bill said, for nine years. And I remember sending these forms home with kids and then they'd come back the next week and they'd say, well, my mom said it was too expensive. And I was like, man, 10 years ago, it was really cheap. You remember when gas was cheap too? Like we had a lot of cheap things 10 years ago. Um, And so I remember even then hearing it was too much. And so our church always funded and supported students, you know, whatever they needed to get them to go to at least one week of camp. And, um, you know, our board, that's the heart of our, our leadership is we don't want price to be an option for a kid to go to camp. And you guys as, as churches and individuals keep that cost low. And it's incredible when some of the other camps here are prices when we're getting together and talking camp ideas. are like, how do you do that? And I'm like, we have incredible people who support And want to keep that as a primary thing. So thank you for doing that. I want to close with this next slide. And I'm going to go back to that 1,095 households to close up this camp update uh, before we get into God's word this morning. But something that happened last year, um, right at the front of June, we had a a junior high high school camp. And we had a girl that had invited one of her friends who was a girl to camp. And this friend was uh, from a non-Christian home. And so she came to camp, and through the week, she decided, I want to get baptized. I want to follow Jesus. And so we called home. Mom said, sure, go ahead. You can get baptized. Um, And so we baptized this girl. She goes home. Before she went home, her leader gave her about four churches in her area that said, hey, when you go home, make sure you get plugged into a church. Like, we want this, you know, we want to send you home somewhere and give you an opportunity. So she goes home, shows her mom the list, and goes, now that I follow Jesus, I need to go to church. And so the mom goes, Okay, um, I'll, I'll take you to church. And so they decide on one to go to. And the mom takes her. And the mom says, Well, I'm just going to stay while you're back in the youth program. Uh, I'm just going to stay in church uh, because gas is just too expensive to drive back and forth. And so she stays, sits through service, goes, Well, that wasn't too bad, comes the next week with her daughter and ends up getting baptized that week. And so uh, that was awesome. Well, she ends up over the next few weeks inviting friends and family, and they start filling up the pew at this church uh, because this girl said, I need to go to church after she came from camp. So out of that, I want to tell you there's a couple good things. One, something good happened from $4 gas, okay? Amen this morning. Something good happened from $4 gas. Uh, But the, the real reason I want to tell you that is because at camp, we are not just this fun place for kids to go. 45 minutes away from you guys, right? We are a partner with you. Like, as you send students and they do encounter Christ and make life-changing decisions, we want to send them back to you to keep that discipleship process going and it engages the community. It involves the community and it becomes a light, not only in your church, but an outreach. And so that is so neat to me to think about, I never get to hear the other side of the story. So I heard it because... The youth minister from that church came later in July and was telling me what was happening. And I don't always get to hear what happens when a kid goes home. But I was like, that is so cool. That's our target. That's one of our goals, right? A kid finds Jesus, goes home, and it impacts her family and her church and the community. And so that's why we partner with camp. That's why I come here on a Sunday and I say thank you for supporting camp because you're really making a difference in kids' lives and in households, and in communities all over Southern Illinois. So thank you for being a part of that. Let me pray, and then I want to uh, just jump into a message real quick with the few minutes I have left um, to just, just go w- with our camp theme a little bit of who Jesus is. So Father God, I come to you this morning. I just thank you for Oil Belt and the mission that it has there, and God, I thank you for this uh, church. I'm not talking about this building, but these people, God, who 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 send students who Give financially, who come and serve and give their time. And I just thank you for the support they have for that ministry there. And God, I just pray that you continue the, this summer as we prepare that it would be a light for so many people. God, I pray as we open up your word this morning that it would be your words and not mine. God, I pray that you'd remove the veil that Satan uses to blind us so we can hear from you fully. And God, I pray that uh, we would take our next step of faith with you. And it's in your son's name that we pray. Amen. So because of my role at camp, I get to meet and hear from a lot of churches all across our camp area. And um, one of the things I get to hear is the good stuff. I love hearing the good stuff about churches, but I also get to hear the struggles. And one of the struggles I get, I've get, i heard about and I've seen is for our youth. Um, last summer at camp, you saw the theme was called Love God's Word. And we thought, taught students about the Bible. We wanted to teach them who God was. And so As we had students come, we found out what they thought about God's Word was not really what it was, right? They had some preconceived notions, and we also heard some ideas of who they thought Jesus was. And I kind of call it like a social media faith. They had all these like one-liners about who they thought Jesus was, and they're not biblical at all, right? Have you ever heard like people say these phrases, and you're like, that's not really who God is uh, or Jesus, And so as we came into this summer, we wanted to teach students who Jesus was to fill in the blank of Jesus is this. And so this morning, I I love this because I just want you to look at your neighbor real quick. And if you were to say who Jesus was to someone, what word or two or three words would you use to describe Jesus to someone else? So I'll let you go ahead and talk real quick and say that to someone good deal well to me i would say jesus is lord and savior that has been something that's anchored me obviously that's very biblical and very simple uh but man that has carried me through my faith so many times and so as we talk about jesus as lord okay that's just declaring his deity doubting thomas Uh, At the resurrection, when Jesus came to him, he said, My Lord and my God in John 20. Peter, on the day of Pentecost, said, God has made this Jesus whom you've crucified, both Lord and Christ. Romans 10, 9 says, We are to declare Jesus as Lord and will be saved. A famous preacher once said, Unless Jesus is Lord of all, he is not Lord at all. And that's so true in our life. 1 John says, if we keep his commands, whoever says, I know him, but does... uh, We know that we know him if we keep his commands. But whoever says, I know him, but does not do what he commands is a liar and the truth is not in them. And I think, you know, the wise and foolish builder, how the wise man built his house upon the rock, right? We need to make sure that we are putting... Uh, our our faith on the rock because that story starts off, and and I've never realized this, but the story starts off. It says, why do you call me Lord, Lord, and do not do what I say? You see, we're supposed to put Jesus as Lord and build him on the rock. And so often it's easy to fail, and so we need the Savior. We need Jesus as Savior at creation when God made Adam and Eve. They chose to sin against God and rebelled and they separated their life from God. Romans 5.12 says, Just as sin came into the world through one man and death through sin, so death spread to all men. But then Jesus steps in in Romans 6.23. It says, For the wages of that sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus our Lord. You see, Jesus died on that cross that we just celebrated a few weeks ago at Easter. He died on that cross so that we might be healed. Our sins would be forgiven. But I just want to share this morning that Jesus didn't save us from something. He saved us for something. So a few, weeks ago, a few months ago, my daughter, she's now eight, she wanted to get baptized. And so I said, okay, Sadie, um, you know, why do you want to get baptized? And she said, the, the first line was, well, I don't want to go to hell right? Isn't that one of the reasons kids always say, and I hear it at camp, and I said, okay, that's a great reason, but there's so much more than that. Like, we don't just get saved from something. We get saved for something, eternity, heaven, but not just heaven. We also have life here on earth with Christ. There's a lot of time that we get to live here and celebrate that, and I think so often in my life, I do the same thing. I get caught thinking about Uh, the here and now, and I don't think about what I'm going to get when I follow Jesus. And so I want to close just by giving you a couple of things um, that God is a forward-thinking, a forward-looking God. God has a lot of things planned for us. If we would simply read scripture and go, man, if I trust Jesus as Lord and Savior, he has a lot that he's saving me for. You see, Isaiah 43 says, Remember not the former things or consider things of old. Behold, I am doing a new thing. In Luke 9, Jesus says, No one who puts his hand to the plow and looks back is fit for the kingdom of God. Right? As you drive down the road the next few weeks and you look out there at farmers, they're not looking back. They're looking at GPS now. But back in the day, you know, it used to be you kept a straight line and you looked forward. Now they can text and eat and do all sorts of fun stuff. I'm going to get slapped by a farmer later. I know it's not that easy. So, um, but Hebrews 12 says, Let us lay aside every weight and sin and let us run the endurance of the race that is set before us, looking to Jesus. We need to lift our eyes up. He has a big plan for us the one I want to close on, Philippians 3, 12 and the following verses it says from Paul, But I press on to make it my own, forgetting what lies behind and straining forward to what lies ahead. I press on toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Let those of us who are mature think this way, that our citizenship is in heaven. You see, Christians, if we would look forward to what Jesus has for us, it would change the way we live Today, in the here and now, because we would look forward to the promises and the hopes and the joys that we have. And it's so easy to get caught up with what's here. But if we need to live with a kingdom perspective, and so this morning, I just want to encourage you and pray for you as we close that what is Jesus calling you to? Where are you living for? Are you living for um, the things now, or are you looking forward to what Jesus has ahead of time and, and placing your trust in Him? Let's pray. Father God, I just come to you this morning. I just thank you again for this opportunity to gather and worship with you. And God, I just pray that we would lift up our eyes to you. God, whatever circumstance we have going on, it may be a health issue, family conditions, work problems, just things in life that weigh us down. God, I pray that we would lift them up to you and trust in you to know that you have a larger uh, plan in store, And our present circumstances aren't our future um, plans that you have for us. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Thank you, guys.